Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist. Because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Hello everyone, coming at you from the French countryside. I am currently just recovering from COVID and just come out of a Tantra retreat. Uh, this one was a classical Tantra retreat, so not the sexy kind, but the kind that's more about uh, awakening and liberation and a bit more yogi uh, meditation retreat style, which was really, really, really amazing. I had a brilliant time, uh, which then, yeah, brought me to decide on the topic of the podcast today to talk a little bit about awakening and liberation and like what we mean by that and uh, what it can look like uh, because this is the essence of Tantra but is actually the part that is most missed uh, in the modern Tantra world or people's understanding of what Tantra is. So I wanted to speak a little to my experience with these as well as uh, my understanding of them from the more philosophical, uh, intellectual lens. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll get into it. <laughs> um, so I'll start with awakening. So these days when people speak about awakening or becoming woke or uh, something like that, then there's yeah, different understandings of it. I see a lot of people speak about their awakening, meaning, you know, when they started realizing that, uh, you know, the matrix and uh, I don't know, the things that, you know, the culture told them aren't what, what is real and they started to recognize stuff and often this is paired with um, a lot of conspiracy theory, conspirituality type <laughs> beliefs uh, and that people think that, you know, seeing that what they thought life was isn't quite what it is, is them awakening, that they've had their spiritual awakening, they've recognized that, uh, you know, there are subtle energies and things beyond what we have understood. Um, and this is an element of the path of awakening, but it's not really what is meant by awakening. Um, actually, most people in the modern new age spirituality world often haven't done any work on um, the kind of awakening that we speak of in the more yogic or Buddhist or Zen sense. Um, so when we speak about awakening, we're also meaning more like enlightenment, like what people have often called enlightenment um, or Shiva uh, consciousness or awareness. Um, it's when you start to 
become aware of awareness itself. So this sounded like a yeah concept to me, like, oh yeah, I'm aware of awareness. I'm, I'm aware that I'm aware. Um, and that was, you know, maybe the first kind of hint of it. It's just like, okay, there, there's awareness here. I'm conscious of being conscious. Um, but as I explored what that meant in a non-conceptual way, then I started to really get what people are talking about um, because essentially the real nature of reality is non-conceptual it's not a thought it's not a belief it's it's not something that you just adopt and you believe in um, you know tantra is a non-dual spiritual tradition so it's about recognizing that everything is consciousness and that we are all manifestations of this one singular consciousness that is using different bodies to view from different perspectives the one reality and you know this kind of concept oh we're all one we're all one like people talk about this a lot and you know it's a nice thing to say but then a lot of people don't really have the uh, embodied experience of that they don't actually really feel what it means um, and I was one of these people you know oh we're all one and oh yeah I believe in unity and oneness and stuff and you know it's like yeah there's this kind of one human experience but it wasn't until I started working with um people that were awakened um, and doing some more intensive meditation and studying the process of co cognition and um, you know exploring in my own direct experience what it is to be aware and to be conscious and what consciousness does and how it acts and where it is um, and started you know, really looking into this, that I started to really get <laughs> what they mean uh, and not just have it as a, a nice idea, but as something that I can experience directly. And this is what I love about Tantra. It's not a religion. Um, it can seem a little religious for people on the outside because there's, you know, deities and gods and goddesses and there's mantras and there's like magical kind of stuff. But, you know, Tantra doesn't tell you to believe anything. It says like this is how certain awakened beings experience reality and you can test it for yourself and you can see if you feel that that's true or not. And that you shouldn't just take anything um, as a truth, that it's all about discernment and about um, kind of the science of studying being incarnated and being embodied, like really looking like, where do my thoughts come from? Where are they? Are they actually like, I know that my brain is in my head and that I've kind of sensed that thoughts are something that happens um, behind the eyes in the head but then like if I really look at it and if I actually close my eyes and start looking at my thoughts then I can actually see they're not just in my head they can actually be like spread out around my awareness they can kind of feel like they're maybe coming from behind me or above me or from my pelvis or something that like thoughts aren't just in the brain um, and then like, where does the thought come from? Where does the thought go to? Uh, can I really control what I think? Can I really 
know what the next thought is going to be like where, where do thoughts come from so you start to really actually look at this and study it and um to also start looking like okay if like where does the thought come from and where does the thought go into that is the base of reality that um that's what we're trying to find like when we're talking about awareness or consciousness it's the underlying still silent presence that is there between the thoughts between the sensations between the sounds and I think the meditation when I first got it what we were doing was kind of thinking back to our first memories uh, as a child of like looking out around the world and kind of looking at stuff and just seeing some very innocent memories of you know playing in my garden or um you know climbing a tree or whatever even like putting the bin out I think was one that came to mind and starting to look at those and then you know as I got older and then to now and like what is it that's the same so obviously I'm a completely different person in so many other ways I have a different um, body mind. I have different types of thoughts. I, um, you know, I have like this similar quality of meanness of my personality expression, but, you know, not just that, but what is it to just be looking out the eyes of this body <laughs> and witnessing the world or to be hearing and like, what, what is that? thing that has always been the same and then that was one of the moments that I first got it I was like oh it's like taking this step back so you're not just looking through the eyes but you're looking at like what is doing the looking what is that thing that sense of just I am um, I like another term that was like just loving awareness like I am loving awareness it's just this thing this unnameable unknowable thing that is like witnessing through this body mind like the world around me and whatever it is it doesn't judge it doesn't um it doesn't even have preference it's just they're looking at what's happening and it's just holding space for whatever is arising whether it's good or bad or whatever i think about it and yeah, then the more I kind of looked at that in meditation, it's like this, um, I kind of imagine it like a picture where there's this, you know, like a blank canvas or, or something, and then like little sound waves of um, voices and things all happen like within this emptiness, and that that canvas is what I am, not just the sound wave of the thought or me looking at it or something. So it's kind of hard to describe. And there are some teachers that describe these kind of things really well, and they have really beautiful cues that help you to pick up that. So there's also practices where you're listening to the whole of the present moment um, and asking things like, what is the quality of this moment before I have a thought about it? And what would it feel like to listen to the whole of the present moment with the entirety of my being 
And, you know, just sitting and contemplating those, you start getting this felt sense um, of what we're talking about, of like what is this presence and this awareness that is holding space for everything that arises. So, yeah, it was a few years ago that it first clicked and I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Like, I get it now. And at first it was just like in meditation that I would be able to tap into that and notice that. And slowly over the last few years, I didn't even really like consciously notice it so much, but that became more of my default. So it's like how to describe it. I, I had this realization at the retreat. I was trying to look back and be like, oh, wait, what did I used to look at the world like like what what was it before and it kind of snuck up on me that it became my default mode that I more experienced life from being presence rather than from being Luna um, and it's yeah it's hard to describe but yeah it's um yeah it's just a different kind of it's the same thing that you're looking at in the world but it's like you've taken a step back and you're viewing like you know instead of just looking at the computer uh, the tv screen you're looking at the whole living room and the tv screens in there <laughs> like it's in your field of perception but you're like viewing all of it um and you know what are the changes then that you experience once you go through this awakening it's that you recognize that like everything is part of what you are so yes like the lunar experience of my body pains and my thoughts and my emotions and stuff is part of what I am but then also things in my general environment or that I'm sitting on or whatever they're all held in what I am as well so it starts to break down the separation or where you try to pick apart like that this separate bit is me and everything else is not me and the boundaries of that start to blur and you start to see like oh well like actually this sound in my environment is just as much me as this thought in my head um, and this thought like seems like it's in my head but actually when I look at it it's not just in my head it's kind of like around me as well it can kind of bleed out into the environment um, and yeah, then you start being like, okay, well, where is the edge of me? And then you see like, okay, like actually I can sense and I can get a feel for something that's maybe like a kilometer to my left or right or depending on the day and where you are. But like you can start to spread yourself beyond the physical form and sense things further away than your body. And that is also then you, not just what's contained within this uh, body limit and it's been interesting also like I, I love kind of nerding out on this stuff like some of the science of non-duality and actually you know like where where do you end because yeah you have this kind of electromagnetic field around you so it's not really just your body and you know when you're inhaling and exhaling then you know you're taking in the environment and actually you have hormones and um you know your body odor kind of goes out into the space so like you know it it depends on where you want to define where you end and the outside world begins because actually when you start looking at it even on 
a more scientific level. It's like, well, you know, where you end depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about where your energy body ends, where your physical body ends, where um, your, I don't know, your scent or your smell ends, where your breath ends? Like, what are you talking about? Because all of that is like malleable and flexible and even down into like your cells and stuff like um yeah it reminds me of when I was learning about fractals and they were talking about how like measurement like you can never truly measure something because there's always a smaller measurement so if you try to say oh it's three meters but then if you look closer it's like oh but then there's also this millimeter or that half a millimeter or something like I don't know if I'm explaining this well but uh that you started seeing like that you couldn't really ever like say this is this length because there's always a smaller unit of measurement um, to get a more definite answer of like where that is um, until you're at a subatomic level uh, to really say like what the length of something is um, so I kind of feel like that with me it's like depends where we're trying to define the end of me so yeah, and that has some beautiful implications in your life when you start to interact with the world from that of recognizing that you're not this separate sense, like the separate self. And actually, every person has the same presence that permeates beyond their physical form, looking out, and that what's looking out of their eyes is the same still silent presence that's looking out of my eyes, and that this is actually all of us are this one consciousness experiencing itself from billions of different angles and you know that starts to be very beautiful and magical and being like oh wow and you know we all have our individual traumas and ways of expressing and experiencing life but this on this fundamental level we all have this um, sameness of you know being a presence witnessing what's happening in life and I've also found the more I've tapped into this space and the more I can be present with what's happening in my life and my emotions and my um, struggles and my pain and everything and not over identify or get lost in it to be able to like be fully intimate with it and be fully present with it but also be more than that it's like I am this and that like I can you know go fully into being deeply deeply in my emotions and like let that energy flow through me but then also recognizing that I'm the space that holds this emotional expression as it rises and subsides away into the stillness that I am um so it's created this anchor point and this way of being able to hold space for the intensity of life to unfold without getting lost in it because when you're just experiencing yourself as this individual person and you're just this uh, person and you believe all your thoughts and you're in your head and you know your emotions take over you and there's nothing bigger than that holding space for it you're just fully in it um, then you know you get really like uh, in the drama <laughs> you know you're like fully there and um, you know you and I get swept away so much and um, you suffer so much because of it because you're so attached to it well 
once you recognize that you're able to, you know, ride the emotion, but that like it all uh, melts back into <laughs> your still presence and that there's this like consistent thing holding space for it all, then you can, yeah, have a different relationship with it. And I think that is a really beautiful thing to be able to have access to. And it's really helped me. Um, it was, yeah, before the pandemic hit that I first started accessing this. And it was really supporting me when, um, you know, we were facing so much impermanence and change and chaos. And, you know, some people know I got um, someone crashed into my car and I um, went through a lot of chronic illness and pain and uh, a lot of suffering in the last few years and it was very different to in the past when I'd gone through kind of depressive episodes and um, gone through pain and illness and stuff because I was able to hold like non-judgmental accepting space for myself to be able to see that there was nothing wrong with feeling bad that this was just like a wave in the ocean of me <laughs> it's like okay um, I don't have to make it mean anything I don't have to be attached to it I can be with it I can feel it I can get intimate with it but I'm also more than that I'm not just this pain I'm not just this body um, what I am it transcends this and is deeply intimate with this so it's not like there's some spiritual traditions that tend to get a bit bypassy where they're fully like I'm not this body I'm not these emotions I'm just awareness I'm just like the empty spaciousness and I guess like a lot of people tend to favor that because you get to just bypass <laughs> the this shitty stuff and the emotions and you're just like I'm not that and you kind of dissociate from the body um i work with tantra which is not like that it's the harder path because tantra says like you have to be very intimate with it you have to allow yourself to be fully with it and not just bypass it so i can i have to feel the pain fully and process it and digest it and be with it as well as be more than that like you have to be both we don't have to but that's what the invitation is in, in tantras um, that we're not bypassing the human experience we're fully in it we're learning from it we're letting it fuel our aliveness um and yeah so i found it very supportive um for dealing with life and yeah like you know facing uh, the uncertainty of the future with, you know, global warming and political unrest and, you know, this big something that's bubbling that a lot of us feel, um, potentially the end of humanity, uh, you know, whether that's global nuclear war or climate change or whatever, that that might be within our lifetime that we witness that. And from this space, you know, you can just be with it in a different way and still take action so do something about it it's not that you're just like okay well i'm just gonna like be presence uh watching the world burn uh you know you still do something about it but yeah you also can kind of stay a bit more regulated and grounded and focused and not just like collapse um, because the thing is people aren't very useful i guess <laughs> 
if they're in collapse, like as most of us know, when, when we get really overwhelmed and we're angry and we're fighting everyone about it or we're collapsing and crying and stinking into our corner, then like we're not really doing much to change anything. We might feel like we are when we're arguing with people online, but we're not. Um, while when we're able to hold this deeper, wider perspective, then you're able to take action that feels much more aligned, feels much more compassionate. Um, and you also know that you can only do your bit, like you're this one vantage point, there's billions of other vantage points out there. Um, and by vantage point, I mean like a perspective, a space for consciousness to experience itself. Um, yeah, and that like all I can do is from this vantage point <laughs> to do what I can to do what feels right for me in this and to have some trust um, in the greater pattern of things and also trust if if we're meant to all uh, perish in this realm, then that is what apparently consciousness wants to experience and there's nothing that we can, you know, do about it if that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's quite soothing um and I feel like yeah I have still so much drive to be able to make some kind of change to chip away at what I can chip away at which is you know working with sexuality and intimacy which I feel is at the root of a lot of the problems um that our world is facing disconnection from the body disconnection from each other an inability to communicate our needs um, an inability to tap into, you know, what is real and what is important, um, you know, instead of just consuming endlessly. And there's still ways to go for myself um, around this journey. Like, you know, the, the spiritual traditions tend to have kind of, I don't know, maps or levels or whatever of awakening. And um, depending what tradition, they'll have different levels. So, you know, according to some traditions, maybe I would be, oh, yeah, you fully awaken. But then other traditions, it's like, nope, there's more layers. Um, you know, there's still yeah I still have some you know attachments to the the I the me and my story uh in some regards less than ever but you know there's still some uh, layers to unwind in my journey as well which feels exciting uh to know that yeah there's even deeper layers of awakening uh that can unfold yeah already i've benefited so much from the layers that i have shed and the levels that i've gone to here so yeah so that's awakening um in a little mini nutshell uh and then liberation so someone can be awakened but not liberated um you can be in the non-dual awakened awareness state but you can still um, have trauma and conditioning and um, you can still have other issues so uh, liberation is the process of deconditioning uh, things that you've been conditioned with. So, you know, deconditioning your beliefs around yourself and who you are and what you are is part of the liberation process, as well as like uh, deconditioning 
your ideas of good, bad, like, dislike, wrong, right, um, any shoulds that you have, anything that you like, life should be this way, this person should do this thing, it should be like this, like we inquire and explore into uh, is that real, is that true? And yeah, deconditioning things like patriarchy and the idea of, you know, men being a certain way, women being a certain way, Um, deconditioning capitalism is obviously a big one for us in this modern era of um, the way that we've been conditioned to think that we have to prove ourselves or be a certain thing or act a certain way um, to be worthy of love and recognition and acceptance to be part of society that we have to achieve something and yes there's a lot of layers and things there Uh, in tantra we have this term samskara which means a um emotional imprint of a past experience so a lot of work around liberation is liberating ourselves from our samskaras which is like if there was an experience that we really uh didn't like growing up um something that yeah we resisted and didn't want to happen uh, and then we didn't feel it fully then it didn't digest um so the the term digestion is used a lot like you know, you let the experience in and uh, your body uses up whatever it's going to use up for fuel and gets rid of the rest. Um, So we have that with experiences. So if you didn't digest your experience fully um, of the thing that you didn't like, then it leaves like this imprint in you. So then when something else reminds you of it, then you're not just reacting to that thing, but you're also reacting to the past samskara, the past time that you uh, didn't feel that and that can accumulate. So if there's a lot of times that, um, you know, someone has called you a certain thing or something someone did that you didn't like and it happened time and time again, then the the groove (laughs) of the dislike gets deeper and deeper. And yeah, so you want to go back and feel and digest all those things so that uh, you don't have such a deep groove and then you can react to the present moment rather than to the past as well as the present. And some scars can also be past positive things. So if there was a good thing that happened that you didn't allow yourself to fully feel the joy and the aliveness of it, then that can create a samskara, uh, which can often show up as addiction. So, you know, a big one for this is sex. Like people don't fully feel the pleasure and don't fully allow in um, the love or the connection or whatever was there. They kind of numb out and block it. Um, and then they just keep wanting more and more and more sex. Um, because there's something there that felt good, but they weren't fully feeling it. So they just have to keep more, 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 uh, rather than being fully, fully present with um, the enjoyment in that very moment. So I noticed this, like, if I'm watching TV or something, I could eat like a whole block of chocolate and barely notice it and just keep eating, eating, eating and craving it. Versus if I really mindfully sit with one piece of chocolate, then I can get far more enjoyment out of that, like presence and full enjoyment and full intimacy with that one piece of chocolate. I feel fully satisfied rather than like eating a whole block of chocolate without any presence and then just like craving more and more sugar uh, because I wasn't fully experiencing it. So yeah, we want to kind of 
as much as possible, clear through these samskaras so that we can be more present, more alive, more intimate with uh, reality as it is. So there's a lot of kind of work to do around liberation, and that's more the work that I focus on. So I often bring some awakening-type meditations into my retreats or online courses or whatever, but mostly what I work with is this liberation stuff, and same with the coaching that I used to do. I don't do so much coaching anymore because I've been traveling so much and quite busy, but, um, you know, a lot of the stuff we were doing with more like therapeutic modalities is about liberating people from, um, attachments or aversions like strong likes or dislikes, um, to certain experiences or certain things in their life and trying to free up that energy and let someone, uh, be a more freely expressed version of themselves. So, with those two combined, this is kind of the goal of the tantric path is that we can become liberated from conditioning and you never get 100% fully liberated from it. There's always going to be some kind of like impressions, but you can clear most of it so that you're able to uh, fully live and enjoy life without uh, you know, clinging to things or craving certain things or whatever to be able to um, be more just like content and happy with what is. And then, yeah, having that awakening as well, being able to be loving presence. And yeah, it's been interesting at this retreat um, to really, yeah, just see how far I've come within a few years even. Uh, I've been working with classic Tantra and this kind of deeper awakening work for like two and a half, three years now. And before that, I was still working with Neo Tantra. Um, so I did the year with Leila Martin, which was a lot of liberation work, a lot of energy body work, and but not so much awakening work. And yeah, to really see like, wow, like I have... I have no body image issues, I found out. <laughs> like um, I kind of knew this already for a little bit, but it, it was very clear in a practice where a lot of other people were sharing about their body image issues. And I was like, oh my God, I have none. Like, I literally have like no, no issues with my body anymore. And I used to have so many issues with my body, like most people, but I was like, wow. And, um, you know, yeah, remembering like, oh, I don't remember what it was like anymore to just be stuck in my head all the time and be ruled by my thoughts and to not be able to just have my thoughts as a side thing, sort of like a sensation, you know, like thoughts used to be like my full reality and now they're not, they're, they're part of it, but not the whole thing. And, um, I don't know, there's just a lot of conversations, a lot of things happening that were making me really reflect on what a different world I'm living in to what I used to, um, how different it is to experience life from this vantage point, <laughs> from this body mind, uh, compared to what it was, you know, even just three years ago, um, and how much I, struggled against reality and struggled against myself and um how yeah like now I just I don't know I can just I'm sitting outside now and just you know I can get fascinated with a flower for hours <laughs> and just be so happy doing nothing like I really I could be very happy just living in the countryside uh, for the rest of my life but 
I had this deeper calling in me still wants me to, uh, you know, teach and create events and, and trainings and stuff like that, which I kind of am getting more resistance to, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, because, uh, you know, it's a lot of work, but I also know that that's part of my soul calling and uh, what, what wants to happen right now through me uh, as much as there's also this desire to just be and minimize my life and just focus on uh, existing rather than creating and achieving and traveling and stuff like that but yeah the beautiful thing a lot of our conversations at this uh, retreat were around like yeah so many of us are like that couldn't be me I couldn't like who the fuck am I to become awakened enlightened whatever like that's not going to happen to me that's something that happens to some Tibetan monk in a mountain town or you know some elderly person just before they die and they dedicated their life to their practice or you know it seems like something so far away and something that's not for you you know it's for someone else it's not for you and I felt this when I was um, a teenager that I was like I want to become enlightened I think I want to do that this lifetime and then I was like oh that's not for yeah some like fucking druggo stripper uh crazy raver chick from australia like she's not someone that'll get aligned or whatever um you know that's something that happens to someone else and yeah like a lot of us were talking about this but then seeing like more and more people in this community um were awakening like and you know our teacher was sharing this like yeah like he's getting more and more messages from people that are doing the practices and doing the meditations and stuff and working uh within the school that i'm part of and more and more people are actually you know having their awakening and abiding in it and um, having it be lasting and permanent and stuff and i was like wow and i think i'm one of those people <laughs> um and yeah like there's there's still more to go of course and not like all the way there but like really recognizing like oh fuck like you know if my tattooed trashy ass can <laughs> can do it like anyone can I mean I used to be suicidally depressed so you know took a lot of drugs and partied hard and was a stripper for 10 years and like fuck within a few years like you know Probably, I'd say, four years I've been fully dedicated to the path, path now, um, fully dedicated to practicing Tantra and, you know, many, many years of yoga and, you know, doing a bit of meditation stuff before that, but not taking it seriously. I'm like, well, if I can do it, then, like, fucking anyone can. Uh, and there's this, you know, beautiful uh, interview with Mike Snyder, who's this, like, banjo player from uh i think like west tennessee in america and like super hillbilly accent like you know hard to understand him and and he became fully awakened and it was really cute i i loved hearing him sharing about his dedication to awakening and him um yeah his process and stuff because i was like fuck like it really can be any of us like any of us can do this if we really want to, if that's what we decide that we want to do in this lifetime. 
And yeah, so I just, I know I've been inspired just to speak a little more about it. I've kind of kept a lot of this part of my work more private because, um, yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, who am I to go around talking about awakening and stuff? And people in my audience don't care about that. And, you know, they just want to hear about sex and love and stuff like that. So why would I talk about it? They can go listen to someone like Adya Shanti talk about it. And he's all guru-like. Um, yeah, after this training, I just felt a little more inspired to share um, just a bit from my perspective about it. So, yeah, if you like hearing about it, then can comment <laughs> maybe i'll speak more to it in the future can um teach it more i mean yeah I, like i said i bring this into um, my workshops and um, some of my like deeper containers like my shadow work one and stuff i kind of go more into this type of work um it's not so much what i talk about very publicly at the moment maybe in the future and uh, yeah i hope that you found something uh insightful in this um i'll post in the comments underneath uh just some links to a few of my teachers uh, who i really recommend if you're wanting to work on some awakening stuff <laughs> and yeah good luck on your journey fellow seekers hope that you found this supportive in some way sending you so much love and liberation Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.